the ninja. Born of a 400-year-old tradition. Trained in the most exquisite subtleties of combat. The ninja must be as wise as he is all-powerful. For if ever a ninja gives himself over to the dark side of his art, the destruction is terrifying and absolute. Revenge of the Ninja, starring martial arts master Sho Kosugi and his son Kane Kosugi, six-year-old world karate champion. When he came to America, he put aside his weapons. I will not follow the way of the ninja. But he could not put aside his destiny as a warrior. And now, destiny has come searching for him. Two warriors. One in the service of evil. One bound by honor and vengeance must fight to the death. Because only a ninja can kill a ninja. Revenge of the Ninja, the great martial arts explosion of the 80s, comes to America with full force. Welcome back to the Bloody Pit. I am Rod Barnett. As usual, today I have a new returning... No, actually, he's just new. He's a new guest. Somebody that I've known for years. I used to work with before he wised up and got the fuck away from the place in which we work. His name is Brian Smith. Brian, if that is your real name. How are you doing? Hey, Rod. How are you? Just fine. What's up, listeners? Everybody <laughs> in the Bloody Pit. How well, are you I'm, doing? You're one of those guys that I worked with for years before I realized just how talented you are because you are a musician. Yes, yes. I like to dabble in all kinds of creative activities, um, especially like now during the quarantine. I've um, What's that new hobby? Oh, anxiety. I've kind of dabbled into that a little bit. <laughs> I think we're all dabbling a little bit in anxiety. Yeah, yeah it's fun stuff. But, you know, but yeah, hanging in there. I'm kind of an introvert, extrovert, so that's kind of weird, you know? So this is, quarantine's not too bad, you know? Some people might call that bipolar, you know? <laughs> and those people might be psychiatrists, but, you know. <laughs> those people might want to yeah. hold you down and inject you yeah, with medication. Right, yeah. But, yeah. Let's not get into labels here, Charles. Just back and <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. I want to talk about how angry I am because I didn't get that that candy when I was young. I was promised, you know. Well, that <laughs> that in the day, my dad ran over my bike repeatedly, yeah. back and forth, I held, back and I forth. I held up my end of the deal, you know. I didn't tell any adults. I'm kidding, guys. Uh, oh, my, I, I did mean to, but we were talking before we started recording it. I did mean to say that, uh, you know, congratulations. Your your son uh, managed to, during this COVID nightmare, graduate from high school. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I've raised him on my own since he was four, and yeah, just seeing him. He finally got to walk the line, so we got the visual. It was a very limited um, 
graduation. They only let a few people come, but you know, everyone knows this stuff. No one wants to say, let's not talk quarantine, you know? Uh, well, no, 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 no problem. I just, have, I did, I'm I was, sorry for bringing was, that up. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad to see him. I, I can remember I saw, I, I saw you, you got to understand. I see, uh, I see your son in, uh, just in pictures now. And it's like when we were working together, I would see him in like, what would be termed flash forward mode because I would see him like once a year and it'd be yeah. like, damn, he's bigger. <laughs> yeah, and then, still, damn, he's even bigger now. And it still stands. I've always said it. One day, he will crush my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as, as long as long as your enemies are aware that the threat is there. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, man. So, uh, how, I mean, how, how are you, man? How have you been holding up? Uh, you know, it's it's weird as you're as you're aware the uh, the COVID thing has not really done much to slow down the. The hell of our past, our, the hell of our past uh, endeavor together, our our jobs <laughs> together. Uh, it's it, you know we we're on that outer fringe of essentials, so uh, still working a lot. Uh, I do occasionally get an unexpected uh, Thursday off when that's like the day in my schedule where unless there's something you know like somebody out on vacation or something like that, they'll just turn to me you know sometimes way later than they should and say, oh we don't need you on we don't need you tomorrow. And I'm like, well, okay, so I guess this week, this this check won't be so awesome. So, but yeah. you know, these 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 are the these are the types of things. I try I try to lean into it and kind of use and try to use those days for something productive, kind of like this. But at the same time, it's um, it's uh, it's weird with your schedule being not just uh, flexible but uh, mysterious at times. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey listeners, um, for you, for you guys, you know, working with Rod, what that's like. Rod has done some of the most epic rants to <laughs> <laughs> to anyone in a position of power. That I mean, I'm talking epic. They're intelligent, they're valid, and there's really like no response to it. Like, I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, Seriously. I mean, I, I had I, no I, idea there was so many different ways you can poetically say sodomy <laughs> until, <laughs> until Rod he has all these different ways of describing sodomy it's like a freaking cookbook man and it's like wow oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I would I would say that I, I regret those past uh, rants at work, but to be honest, I really don't because no, they were valid. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Trust me, they were valid. But wow, they were like whoa. Well, I mean, there were so many times. There's just so many times when there would be this ridiculous edict handed down from on high that just made no sense and just made things more difficult. And it was just, all I'm saying is, if you had a manager that had a very vet better vocabulary or well versed in the thesaurus, you'd probably would have been fired about fifty times. <laughs> they just didn't know what the words meant. So <laughs> you may be right. Oh my God, <laughs> that's all it was. Oh my lord. Well. <clears throat> Anyway. Thanks, for having, thanks for having me on. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Oh, I'm a fan of your podcast, but I'll, I'll admit that um, I'm not really like your other um, guests because those guys really, really, really know their shit. Like when I go through your list of movies, like on your podcast, there's like maybe sometimes like two <laughs> that I've seen. Like, like your, I saw that one. And uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. But the rest of them, I'm like that dude in the room that tries to participate in the conversation. Yeah. You know, but I've also at the same time, I've, you know, 
went on to watch some movies I've never seen and things like that. So, well, that's good. That's so kind, like of, your, that's kind of the point of the podcast to a degree is to try to if you if you haven't heard of the movie and you get curious about it, that's kind of that's kind of one of the goals. You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. But they're all right up my alley, though. You know, I had no idea how much um, the Italians <laughs> contributed to my life. <laughs> through movies until <laughs> really, I was like, Oh wow. You know? So, uh, well, I, you know, it, it's weird when you, I think for, I think both of us kind of came of age as far as watching movies in the eighties. And so it becomes this kind of, um, it was such a weird time because Hollywood was moving more and more in the direction of, of shit like giant blockbusters that, you know, may or may not be good, but exactly. You know, it's, it's like, for every giant blockbuster that's actually worth a shit, you get something that even at the time you realize this isn't really a very good movie, like Top Gun. <laughs> You're just looking at <laughs> yeah. it and going, this is just kind of, you know, to make the women want to fuck these guys on screen. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? And man, wrong? there are a, a lot of circles where you say something like that and they will be like, you, <laughs> you commie. <laughs> you know, like well, you're if, on the if, terrorist if side Gun, of the yeah. airplane battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it will turn on you, and it's like, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. It's fast food movies, man. That's that's America, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, we just fuck, you know. It's like, and don't get me wrong, man. I like I like fast food movies just as much as the next. Yeah. So I, I'm still I'm still pissed we haven't been able to see the Black Widow movie because, God damn it, where's my superhero shit? Yeah. But I'm sitting. Here criticizing calling other top gun a fast food movie and we are totally about to jump into some canon <laughs> okay exactly canon <laughs> so you and i started yeah, talking top gun is no the happy hooker goes to hollywood or emmanuel four but you know <laughs> <laughs> well you haven't really seen a good emmanuel film until you've seen emmanuel and the last cannibals <laughs> those though that's where it gets good no well, at any rate we our 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 uh, our taste forged uh god save us both uh in the uh in the 80s so what we end up with is uh this broad cross section of bizarre films that we caught on television and probably pay cable in our in our younger days and uh, the movie we settle on is kind of like the the fixture the thing to like center on and then spread out from is uh god save us all 1983's Revenge of the Ninja, which is uh, the second of the uh, the kind of loose anthology trilogy that Canon produced of ninja films. Um, okay, well, with Revenge of the Ninja is the first one that had Shokashugi. I think it may have actually been his uh, his like introduction to the American uh, martial arts scene in in Hollywood. Well, Canon Films. I guess that's I guess that's as close to Hollywood as you can get without actually being Hollywood. Now I, I know a little about that. Okay, the show's first. Um, okay, this this is his story basically. So he started taking karate when he was probably like five years old, <laughs> and it's funny he he was bribed with candy <laughs> also to you know, call back <laughs> to earlier, you know. But he was bribed with candy by his mom, but he didn't like it. He was a really weak child. I think he had some health problems and. Um, but he was in there with like Yakuza, you know, like Japanese gangsters, and it kind of scared him. So he took it for a while, got a little stronger, quit that, and then started playing baseball. And he was really good at baseball. So he was at a, like a prestigious school, but I don't think he had quite what it took to be pro. So he quit baseball, tried to get in college, couldn't get into college. And actually, at that point, I think he was like maybe 18, 19 
considered suicide. Like he was gonna, he had an actual plan of how he's gonna like kill himself. And um, shit, I know his. And so his sister, <laughs> just like in these ninja movies, suggests he goes to America. And at the time, he's he's seeing Bruce Lee as Kato, and you hear a lot of stories like a lot of Asian actors and stuff wanting to go to America to make it big because they say, hey, we're they're putting Asia and Asians and you know, big roles now, you know, at the time. So he kind of had Cato dreams. So he goes to LA, gets into college here. (laughs) If that says anything about our college system versus the Japanese. So he gets into college (laughs) and just like Bruce Lee, while he's in college, he starts teaching students karate and they start paying him. He's like, Oh man, you can make some money doing this. So he started going to tournaments and winning them. He was like kicking ass in tournaments so he could get more students and get more money like this. So he eventually got out of college, Quit college, I think. No, actually, uh, from what I've read, he graduated uh, with a with a bachelor's degree in economics. Okay, well then, back that up. Then he did graduate. <laughs> well, no, but, but think, well, of, think about know, it. He, 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 so a bachelor's degree in economics and the fact that he's savvy about how to make a, how to make money kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he had a fresh on his mind. So then after that, like he was, I think he was hoping to get discovered in these tournaments, and he never got discovered so he eventually became an extra and he was an extra for eight years and then after that i think he was like in godfather too he's listed under his credits as an extra yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's his extra credits so um so enter the ninja comes around and it's written by uh, mike stone he's a martial artist guy he was originally cast in Enter the Ninja to play the lead role. He also wrote it. I think he's on the poster, actually. But anyway, he gets fired the first day. Yeah, things don't go well for <laughs> Mike actor. Stone. Yeah, he, he got fired, yeah. but he stuck around to uh, kind of be like a, I think like a stuntman. Yeah, yeah, or stunt yeah. coordinator or something. So he had brought Show. He's the one that told Show, hey, come over here, be a stuntman. So this is his first stunt work. So he does that. They liked him so much that I think they eventually – rewrote the script a little bit and gave him the Hasegawa part and entered the ninja. So that was his first big break. And then after that was over, they said, Hey, we want to make a movie. You're the star. And that was revenge of the ninja. So that's a little, little, little show background for well, you. The, the cool thing about that is <laughs> I, of, of the, the kind of the three canon ninja films that starts with Enter the Ninja. Enter the Ninja is actually my favorite. It's 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 got the most solid story. It's kind of the best directed. It's the one that actually feels more like a movie than the other two in a weird way. Yeah. And, and of course it has the the standard the standard what I think of as Hollywood bullshit move, which is it's about ninjas, but we got to have a white dude in the lead. And and granted, granted, <laughs> yeah. Franco Nero is uh, actually Italian, but he's still a white dude. Let's not let's not joke around here. So, <laughs> yeah, and he's a white ninja. He wears a white ninja suit, which so, <laughs> so easily helps you blend into trees. <laughs> yeah, in Japan, in daylight. Yeah, that's what. The, the thing about these movies, like realistic ninjas, there's a lot of daytime fighting in black ninja suits. For lighting, of course, because you know it's movies. Yeah. But I'm just saying. It's not really realistic. None of this is realistic. That's the thing about it. When I was a kid, I, I freaking loved these movies, man. Well, they're I mean, action movies. Of they course. were they were my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Revenge of the Ninja was my first exposure to graphic violence. Oh, now I'm not talking about like I've seen like First Blood, and Jaws violence, and thing maybe Halloween things like that. But I was like maybe nine years old, eight nine something like that, and 
<laughs> this came on uh, Revenge of the Ninja came on HBO, and just the opening scene alone, uh, I was like, whoa, because <laughs> man, they're, they're killing kids, they're killing women, yeah, yeah. they're just massacring this guy's entire family right when it starts. And you're waiting, so. and you're actually at a, at a certain point. I was kind of waiting for them to kill the the infant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was brutal. But yeah, enter the ninja. You know, I mean, let's let's admit. I mean, Frank Frank Nero. I mean, is the mustache man. That was <laughs> that was the true star of the fan. You could have casted him and Tom Selleck's mustache and had like a Kumatai style <laughs> mustache battle. battle and. <laughs> And man, it would have been the same movie, man. Oh God! Well, kind of, kind of. But Enter the Ninja had a little more comic relief in it. You know, you had the hook hand henchman guy. Yeah, that's and, true. So, but it's it's, it's kind of funny. It's easier to take Enter the Ninja seriously all the way through, even though it has you know plenty of those moments where you're just like, well, my my favorite is uh, uh, Christopher George as the as the the head bad guy, having his little <laughs> spasm fit. Demanding his own ninja, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is, which, which is that that's epic. That's that, that's that's something that should just be shown to every human being in the world, even if they never see this movie. They should, if, if you even if you never see Enter the Ninja, you must see Christopher George lose his shit demanding a ninja. Everybody else has exactly. a ninja. I want a goddamn ninja, essentially. <laughs> and he gets yeah, one, man. Yeah. It's show. It's show it's, and he it's, shows it's up. funny. Yeah, he the um the scene of him dying with the throwing star is in every single like bad acting <laughs> compilation video <Exactly>. on YouTube. <laughs> every single one. It's hilarious. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that, look that up. But yeah, it, it's you've seen it. <laughs> and he kind of looks at the camera at the end. I know this makes for bad radio because I'm totally doing the gesture he's doing. <laughs> kind of like, eh? <laughs> you know what, well, what kills me is is Christopher so. George is one of those actors who was around forever and did so many great things. I mean, he was, you know, he was a TV star, he was a movie star, where he worked in so many freaking movies. And he, he died too he young, a, to be just, honest. <laughs> um, and sadly, the more you learn about why he died as young as he did, it's it's really kind of sad, because he died in, like, the early 80s. Like, a couple of years after Enter the Ninja. It was, like, only a couple of yeah, years yeah. after, I think. Because that was 81. I think he died around 83 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, sadly, the reason that he died is uh, when he was doing the television series Rat Patrol in the uh, in the 60s, yeah. there was an accident on set uh, where, uh, I can't remember exactly the details, but essentially he was trapped under a Jeep. And uh, it did some... It did some damage. It did some damage to him. Let's put it that way. And it's one of those things that essentially shortened his life. So he had like physical, like yeah, yeah. After it, that, he or? was, from what I understand at the time, I mean, he was partially crushed underneath this thing, and uh, whatever it did, I can't remember. Like I say, I can't remember the details of exactly what his death was. It was a it was a heart attack, and you know, it, it was no, it was not a shock to anybody because. He was a he he's you know he was a smoker, but at the same time, uh, this re- this vehicle rollover incident in '67, uh, he had he had a lot of he had and he had initial concerns at the time were that he might not be able to walk again because there was there were injuries to him internally to his skull and to his spine, and a chest injury. Yikes. Yeah, dur- during it during the autopsy after he died. Uh, they realized that uh, there was a lot of scar, a lot of internal scar tissue 
that contributed to him dying as early as he did. It was just like, oh man, that's just, that is so damn sad that an accident on a damn TV series cut this guy's career short in his life. I mean, wow. my God, that's just nuts. Yeah. Listeners, but, uh, uh, listeners, I'd like to take a moment to apologize to Christopher George's family for his criticism on that dying scene. No, he was doing, ex- <laughs> he was doing exactly what was requested I mean, of him. Yeah. Man. I mean, maybe he wasn't physically able to pull it off, but Sorry, guys. But the thing is, he's he's he's. It was uh, it was he's, genius. He's it was a genius who... shot scene. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. Well, he was in. You've seen him in so many movies, That's though, man. Right. He was a. You, you mentioned earlier he was in Grizzly. He was in Grizzly. I'm gonna watch he, it he in was his in honor. <laughs> <laughs> he was in uh, like a couple of John Wayne movies, including uh, one of my favorites, El Dorado, and he was in the Train Robbers. And then uh, the the animal attacks film Day of the Animals, which is completely nuts. Did you ever see The Exterminator from 1980? <laughs> Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's the cop in that, and he's in one of my favorite Italian horror movies, uh, City of the Living Dead, where where he he gets to take a pickaxe to a to a coffin because a woman has been buried alive in it, which is amazing. The uh, it was in Graduation Day, which is which is another horror movie that we won't talk about right now. But he was also in the <laughs> the mind bendingly brilliant pieces, which we which I've talked about on oh yeah on uh, on a podcast before, which is. You know, if you if if your if your career has to end after you make pieces, it's okay. It's it's all right. <laughs> but so he you also saw, um, he also had a swimming pool in his office in Enter the Ninja, <laughs> with, <laughs> yes, with with synchronized swimmers in it. <laughs> well, so if you know. you're gonna be wealthy, if you're gonna be wealthy, you got to spend that money yeah. in a way that makes you he, happy. He was that kind of crime lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, he so, had henchmen with hook hands and stuff. It was kind of weird. Which once again, if you've got the money. <laughs> Remember they Tell had me, like tryouts. Saw... Remember they had like fight tryouts at a dock, like everyone could <laughs> to join the team to fight the ninja guy. Yeah, yeah, that went really well. <laughs> and, and Frank Nero, his, his voice is overdubbed in this, correct? Franco Nero, in, Franco uh, you know, Nero. in general, I don't know. I, you know, it's been it's been a while since I actually paid attention, but uh, in I general, think Franco Nero dubbed his own voice because he. I mean, Franco Nero can speak English well. I mean, he does. He does not sound like a native English speaker, but he he speaks well. And I can't remember. I mean, because he now, was have, dubbed in he was dubbed in a number of his early movies. Like you know, his first big starring role was Django in the sixty six. That's what I was about to ask. If he was, and he was definitely he was definitely dubbed in that. Um, okay. But yeah. after that, he he was one of those he was one of those guys that once he became a star in the seventies and was making a lot of you know Italian police films and crime movies and stuff like that. Uh, for the English dub, he would he you know he he would he would dub it himself because he learned um, he learned from uh, American actors. You know he he was taught and coached by a lot of American actors that he was working with. You know when they started back in the sixties when they started to come and shoot Italian movies. I mean, they started to shoot American movies in Italy because, uh, you know, the, for the for the locations and because, of course, it became cheaper and cheaper to do that at different times. But, um, yeah, I can't remember if he's dubbed in Enter the Ninja or not. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all, but he may have. I think he was one of those guys who, if he could get it in the contract, it was another one of those things where he would keep his own voice and even do the, the yeah. you know, even do the dubbing himself. And that's really smart for a lot of actors because they know that's like a separate payday. <laughs> I feel like I, I heard somewhere that it was overdubbed and overdubbed badly. <laughs> I've never paid attention because he has the mask on sometimes. You can't. And then, of course, he had his mustache. I'm not really reading his lips because your eyes is focused on that stash, man. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, mustache bulge he has in his 
ninja mask. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it is. It is pretty easy to know when he when, he's, yeah, when it's when, actually him instead of the stunt man. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, enough about the guy's mustache, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 an amazing it's it's a, it's a mustache that could only have come come out of the 1970s. So 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 it's funny. So this guy, he he's he gets <laughs> it starts off with them, you know doing a ninja test basically it's like they're kind of like because he gets a ninja license they actually say this is your ninja license so i'm guessing this is like a ninja dmv <laughs> you see what i'm saying <laughs> and he's taking his ninja test right so he <laughs> yeah of course so he gets his ninja license and then instantly there's a disgruntled worker hasegawa who's played by sho kazuki and um He's kind of an Archie Bunker, not a progressive thinker, because he kind of has a problem with the American becoming a ninja. Because <laughs> he comes from a long history of ninjas, and he's like, "Man, this is this is bullshit." So <laughs> this white dude, he's yeah, crap. yeah, he's in a white ninja suit. What the, what's going on here? So that sets up the drama for later, because like you said, Christopher George wanted a ninja, and damn it, he got him one. He got him that one. And it's him. funny when when he was getting the ninja, like <laughs> the guy was asking him, the the master, are are you sure this is for good purposes? Because you know, assassins, that's what ninjas killed for good. <laughs> we all know that, you know, right? Well, that's the thing is, I actually did some digging to find out. Okay, what's the real story behind ninjas? And it's like I knew a little bit of this, but I didn't know I didn't know really all of it. And I gotta say, okay, let, let's 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 define our terms here, right? So like historically. A ninja was was a covert agent or a mercenary in feudal Japan. Yeah. Okay. And they 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 basically dealt in espionage and deception and surprise attacks. In other words, they were kind of the the they they kind of backed up the what you would think of as the normal soldier or the or the samurai. Exactly. Kind of, they kind would of come in. They would go in and, like you said, on covert missions, they would kill you in your sleep. Things like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, they, they would, would, you know, they would gather silent weapons. All their weapons were silent or poisonous. Like use a lot of darts, things like that. But yeah, they were the ones that would come and assassinate your ass. <laughs> so, now, of course, yeah. th th this is th these are the histor you know this is the historical thing. They they were you know they used irregular warfare. They were trained as spies yeah. and mercenaries. That's right. They appeared in the the 15th century, but you know they may have actually been around a little bit before you know in centuries before that. But the thing is, is that. The reason the ninja becomes kind of this big thing for, for Hollywood to exploit in the 80s is the Japanese had been exploiting it for stories and, and legends and all these kinds of bizarre folk, folk tales for centuries already. And matter of fact, the first ninja films were actually silent Japanese films. It goes back that far. I mean, there were a lot of these kind of things. And the, the fact that it took, it's kind of a surprise to a degree that it took until, you know, essentially the 1980s for the ninja to become something that Hollywood realized, oh, we could we could do something with this. Yeah. Um, the the in Japanese cinema, you know, not just samurai films but just all kinds of different types of movies, the ninja were something dating back all the way to as, as soon as the Japanese were, you know, had cameras in hand, they were they were making f films in which there were ninja characters. You know they're, they're 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 legendary. They're part of this this uh, feudal background, this feudal history that allows them to uh, you know concoct all kinds of wonderful fiction. And it's something that shows up in not just in their movies, but of course also in you know 
folk tales and books and stories and poems and all kinds of things. And so, of course, Americans do what Americans do, which is, you know, steal. <laughs> we steal yeah. real well. And so when we get the ninja stuff over here, you know, it first shows up in a, you know, there, there's hints of it here and there. I think you, you get. I think uh, the octagon, uh, the Chuck yeah. Norris movie, is the first I've ever seen a ninja in. Thing. Exactly. I think it was yeah. that. And that yeah. might have been 1980-ish, I think. Yeah, it was about. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, I think it came out like the summer of 1980, and I remember, of course, for us. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I definitely didn't see it in the, th- in the theater. It was one of those no, things. No, that no, was no. Like an HB, it was an HBO staple yeah. for a long time, and that's how you you come across that. That and but Beastmaster, of course. The, of, course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, always the Beastmaster. <laughs> but the uh, so you get that, but it's right. It's just after that because Enter the Ninja went into production right after the octagon they did uh, enter the ninja came out in 81 then you have revenge of the ninja in 83 and ninja three the domination in 84 <laughs> yeah. and so uh the 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 true absolute <laughs> incredible joy that you get <laughs> is that uh enter the ninja starts out as kind of a you know if it's if it's the first one it's 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 reasonably grounded it's a little crazy it definitely takes a few uh, of the crazier elements from the the legends that uh, the ninja built on in Japan, but it, it's relatively grounded. You get to Revenge yeah. of the Ninja, and things become a little crazier, which is probably one of the reasons why it's so damn much fun. Because Revenge of the Ninja <laughs> is kind of kind of crazy. By the time you get to Re- Ninja Three, they for some reason decided they needed to like throw in a <laughs> fucking a fucking possession subplot that, that they went I mean, all season of the witch on us on three. It went crazy town. It went crazy town. But here's the thing. So when did you when did you first see Revenge of the Ninja? Did you, did you catch it on cable like the rest of us lunatics? Okay, this is I I was looking through Cable Guide. I remember we used to get a printed Cable Guide. This is when we first got cable, and I think we got HBO. Yeah. So this was during the Beastmaster days. And I saw in there Revenge of the Ninja. I remember staying up late to watch the premiere of Revenge of the Ninja because everybody was talking about End of the Ninja, which I haven't seen. At the time, we didn't have a VCR. <coughs> so I hadn't seen things like that. So but right. that was so I was watching it. I remember staying up. I remember after, like I said, this was my first graphic violence. Like I've already said it earlier. And after that first scene, I remember my parents like oh, i don't think you should be watching this i probably oh, you're watching this around. with your parents <laughs> yeah well man they were a helicopter and a cable we just got cables i mean back then oh, man i know, remember everybody beastmaster had like a because suddenly like r-rated a movies yeah exactly beastmaster had boobs in it man yeah yeah that, <laughs> that, those, yeah that, those were the that was the last period of time when uh pg could mean could mean that there'd be some actual nudity and it was not soon. It was it was soon after that. It's about the time the, the 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 nightmare scenario occurred, where all of a sudden you you had yeah. you know hearts being ripped out in the second Indiana Jones movie. And parents were like, "Oh God damn it! You got to give us something besides PG." <laughs> man, I remember when I was a kid. Man, like I mean, there was these all these movies. Speaking of my parents watching them with me, <laughs> that like like we would start off watching them and they would make us cut it off like Porky's. <laughs> Oh yes, indeed. Actually, yeah. Oh, we heard this was funny. Let's check it out. Oh, wait a oh, minute. Let's well. cut this off because we're watching it as a family. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> so they instantly went porkies. They were like, "Oh no, we need to cut this off." And I remember I was probably a de- demonic voice. Don't you touch the channel, you know? 
Because <laughs> once I saw that graphic violence, man, I had, it was a healthy diet of that from there on out. Like, I got it in the slasher films. I got it. That's when it all began. Like I said, I saw some violence, but even real life violence. But I've never seen, like, slaughter your whole family ninja violence. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, I saw the first one on HBO. And then so instantly, a friend of mine who had a VCR, we got him to get Enter the Ninja. And then, of course, we eventually got a VCR. And it was right after I saw Enter the Ninja, um, Ninja 3 had just came out. So as soon as it was available available on DVD, I mean, uh, <laughs> DVD, v- <laughs> VHS, we got that. And it was funny because, I mean, it, I don't know. Good times, man. But, yeah, Ninja 3. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ninja 3, I, now Ninja 3 is now what Ninja, I enjoy. Back then, it's like, well, even back then, I was kind of like, eh. Shows, Kazuki, it really doesn't, he, he's in the movie, but he's not really, you know. He's not the star of the movie, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, but the, but Ninja Three becomes more impressive later on to you as you get older because it amps up the sexy. <laughs> oh yeah, like the sex scene where she like pours V eight down her chest. I know. It's like were they were they paid? Me, I, Was that a paid product placement? Exactly. Or I, I mean, that had to be. I mean, I tried to say, okay, this is the eighties. You know, <laughs> what was your yeah, other really? choice? Like Tab Cola or something. <laughs> Cheerwine, did that come out? Yeah. Oh God, no! I don't think it was Cheerwine around it. I, I, I hope oh, that God. was later in the eighties. But yeah, I hope. I but hope so. The, 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 the shorter the shorter the lifespan of Cheerwine, the happier I am. So. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of weird that the, the <laughs> so the, yeah it was kind of like Ninja Three was kind of like had a little bit of flash dance elements in it because she was like an aerobics instructor, but she also like. I know she was also like a telephone lineman. Am I wrong? Yeah. So she was like pole dancer, you know. <laughs> just there's just a just separation oh, between the, ooh, the, <laughs> the jokes write themselves. Watch out. <laughs> well, tell me. So, okay, so with, with Revenge of the Ninja, uh, I came to it. Uh, I can't remember now, and this is the terrible part, as I can't remember because uh, Revenge of the Ninja was fairly controversial at the time because it almost got slapped with an X rating for its violence. And now, of course, now when you look at it now, it's like, this was considered something to give it an X for violence? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, okay, at one point a dude gets his hand cut off, but it's like, it's a really kind of ma- ma- kind of lame effect. And, you know, you have, yeah, you have the final scene blood geyser, but, you know, <laughs> other than that... <laughs> they they cut that, actually. In the new versions they're showing, they, they cut that scene. Where oh, well, yeah, he, it's, it, it was... It was put out. It's the full still, uncut version is what they put out on DVD. And a, when that DVD okay. came out, was like every, everybody who was a Ninja fan just lost their minds. They're like, "Holy shit!" They actually put out the uncut version. Because remember, you could see a hose coming out of his stomach, shooting, and like yes, half exactly. of it was red, and the other half was water. <laughs> and it was it like was, really yeah, a it's way it's, it's watery. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so, it's so bizarre, and it's the. Um, <laughs> Well, like I say, if that's, you know, in 1983, if that's what the MPAA was like, re- willing to slap an X on the something exactly. violence, it's just like, no wonder that the fucking Friday the 13th sequels got sliced to ribbons. It's just like, what yeah, the hell? Or, or, you know, um, that may have been a promotional tactic coming from his economics background or something. Uh, yeah, fair point there. You know, <laughs> when you have Canon was Canon was not above, you know, the producers, the the Canon film group definitely was not above uh, taking advantage of some kind of pseudo controversy <laughs> to make some shit money, man. Canon Canon wasn't afraid to put out a bad movie, man. It wasn't. Scary. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I say that because Canon is pretty much when I look back at their filmography, man, it's like Canon made a lot of movies that I've seen, you know, <laughs> and, and a lot of them are pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, you got Breaking One and Two. You got like oh, yeah. Missing in Action series, the de- couple of Death with Highlander. Cobra <laughs> over the well, top. Here's, okay, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny Blood thing. So like, and mannequin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, like the, the 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 missing in action trilogy, I guess would be a, it, it's it's a fun place to go because I the, I looked into those films because I came to the missing in action films way later than yeah. most people. I did not. I don't know how I missed them or whatever. I just I guess I just wasn't that interested in a movie where Chuck Norris wasn't going to be kicking martial arts ass. It just seemed kind of stupid. But when I finally watched, it, I watched missing in action and I was like, well, this this isn't a very good movie. Why do people think this is such a great movie? Missing so I gave it like a second. Two was the one. Okay, well here's the thing. So <laughs> I learn. Uh, so I watch. So I like years went by, and I finally I rewatched the first Missing in Action movie, and I'm like, no, it's still not very good. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not. Yeah. It's not really any kind of thing. How did this spawn two sequels? And then I watched the second one, and I realized, oh my god, this movie is shit. This is that <laughs> prequel. This is so fucking bad. This is so poorly made. Then I found out that the second movie was the actually the first one that got made, and even Canon looked at the the that movie and went, "My God, this thing is bad." Really? But they but they but they were already in production on what they were at the time thinking was going to be the sequel, which is the first missing action movie, and they actually <laughs> decided let's put the one we produced as the second movie out first because if we sh- if we release this movie, which came out to be the second one. If we put that one out first, no one's ever going to see the second one. <laughs> so the way the movies are now, missing Which in is action. funny. Let me yeah. mention one thing real quick. It's funny because young me at the time mm-hmm. thought that missing in action two was the far superior choice. <laughs> <laughs> what made it so now, good? Tell me, back, tell me. Looking back, you saw it. You said you only saw it a few uh, years back. And yeah. That was nine. Back then, this this was my taste. This is why I thought Revenge of the Ninja was like the greatest movie ever. <laughs> like like I ch- I made lifestyle changes. I, I wanted to. I'm like, this is it. I'm gonna be a ninja. <laughs> Seriously, where is the ninja college? I, man, there was this store at Hickory Hollow Mall here in Nashville or Antioch, and called Oriental Way Imports, and they sold weapons. And man, that's all I did was mow grass. I either bought a cassette. I went and bought about four more throwing stars or <laughs> all kinds of well. I used to look at Black Belt magazine. It was like porn, like because it would have all these different <laughs> weapons you can buy. And I had to, and these movies were like advertisement for ninja weapons. They really were. Yeah. Because man, seriously, in some of these like <laughs> like Revenge of the Ninja, like the villain ninja, he's he's walking around with a bag. He just has a bag, like a gym bag, but he's all these weapons in there. It's just like where are these weapons coming from? Man, it's advertisement, man. And it worked. Well, they're coming I mean, from the mall, obviously, right? Thinker. I'm buying all these weapons. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Funny story how I stopped being a ninja. You <laughs> think how it ended? I was probably about 11. So I had about a good two years of ninja stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I was 11. And I was walking home. I was in full ninja gear, man. I'm like in Antioch, Tennessee. So if any, You're dressed any, as a ninja? Man, full tabby boots. I got swords. I got bow and arrow. Oh my man, god! Ninja. So I'm, yeah. 
So I'm walking up the street, walking home <laughs> after a day of ninja shit. And <laughs> Passed. What was the wait, 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 pause? What what was involved in doing ninja <laughs> shit for you? In the woods and I guess practicing invisibility. I guess I don't know what we were doing. Maybe it's some sword fighting or something, throwing some stars okay. at a tree. I don't know. <laughs> I've tried to block this out, and I've had a lot of years of therapy <laughs> to get past this. So some of it, you know, it's a little blurry, and that's probably good. <laughs> so anyway, so check this out. So I'm, so I'm walking home. And there's like some teenagers outside, man. They're like 16, 17. There's like three girls and like two dudes. And one dude had jokes. And he just started ripping on me like, oh, shit. Y'all got ninjas over here? You know? And I'm walking by. Man, he got the boots and everything. And they were like, like, they just kept coming. I had to walk all the way up the hill. Listening to dude. I mean, he didn't stop till I got over the hill. And it was after I got over, I was like, yeah. Check <laughs> up my ninja stuff. It's not cool anymore. You reach that age where you're like, yeah, let me put my Transformers away. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you, like in your 20s, you're like, let me pull the Transformers back up. So you retired You retired the chapter of the Tennessee Ninjas. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like Show Kazuki. Like I, I sealed my sword and said, never again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ninja. Oh <laughs> Only God. for different reasons. I, you know, I'd like to imagine. Out of, sh- out of shame, ninja. obviously. That, that's why he did it. I want to say. I want to say one day he was walking home. Some Japanese girls were giggling at him and saying, it's a ninja suit. So he sealed his sword. <laughs> He sealed his sword. Yeah, it's it. well, no more. Like, you know, of course, in Revenge of the Ninja, he has to, it's time to do some ninja shit, you know. Because like, the reoccurring theme in these movies is only a ninja can stop a ninja. I think they say it in every single one. <laughs> when when it's clearly not true because we can, we've established multiple times that a machine gun can stop a ninja. Ones <laughs> make very few appearances in these movies. It's... <laughs> You would think it's the equalizer, except for Ninja Three, though. But we'll get to that. There's a <laughs> cop. There was a cop shooting. <laughs> yes, I know. It's just yeah. insane. Anyway, the the joy of Revenge of the Ninja is, you know, it's violence. It's also kind of the perfect example of not just not a ninja film, really, but your standard kind of revenge film, because essentially it's built like you're it's built like you're dealing with uh, a retired cop. Who's starting? You're starting a new life, and he's pulled back in, you know, because that's that's the that's the plot outline. Because you know, dude's family gets slaughtered. He the only one he's able to, you know, the only one who survives is him and his infant son. So he moves to America uh, uh, because he's got a he's got a white friend who seems a little shady, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he asked him to move to America like right after his family gets killed, and then he kills a bunch of ninjas. He's like still out of breath and like his. Wife has got rigamore is still happening, dude. It's like, hey man, sucks here, man. It's not safe. Let's go to America. Let's move, let's you're move you're never gonna be away from LA. <laughs> you know, there's no safer place on earth than 1980s LA. It, that, that's the thing. I, I I don't know that it was actually was it was it supposed to be LA because I have the feeling they probably got some kind of deal to shoot this thing on the cheap in Utah because yeah, I spotted probably. more than one. I spotted more than one Utah. 
uh, car tag, and they, they they didn't do a good job of hiding it because at the point where Kashubi's hanging off the end of that fucking van, it's like I can see this Utah tag pretty prominently because it's right next to his head. It's uh, funny you say that hanging off the van. That's what I mean. There's so many scenes in this movie that you're yeah. just. Well, would you believe? And this the, is what I've heard. I heard that they made this up as they went, like as far as plot. Oh, they may have. Well, here's the thing. The the <laughs> plot is so fucking simple. It is literally uh dude, dude is betrayed because of course his business partner is actually a heroin importer. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Narco ninja. All, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. So, you know, all hell breaks loose and therefore the, you know, the ninja ass whooping has to begin. You know, that's it. That's the everything else is just details. And so the um the the joy is of course we have you know his buddy actually turns out to have somehow secretly been a ninja which at, you know it, it 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 begs the question how could you be a ninja and not know that your best friend is a ninja <laughs> how saying, does that happen how good of friends were these guys really i mean yeah. seriously because not only is he smuggling drugs he's also a ninja and you know this dude you uprooted your roots in japan and moved to 80s la for this guy <laughs> And you, and don't you know didn't know he shit? was a ninja? Yeah, how, yeah, how, how do you, you not, not know, know shit like that? Yeah, exactly. Plot <laughs> holes for days and absolutely. <laughs> like there's a part where there's a karate cop, right? He, he shows buddies like a yeah. karate cop, and so th- there's a detective that's like suspicious because <clears throat> of all these ninja murders that are popping up everywhere. So, <laughs> and, so the karate cop goes, "Yeah, I know this one guy," and he's talking about show. So let's get this straight immigrant from japan moves to la then all of a sudden he's the only person in la that knows about ninja stuff obviously and then ninja murders are happening i feel like he would have been suspect number one i mean (laughs) and and honestly at the end he tells remember when he finds out that uh brayden is a ninja and also a cop it's all on one phone call one phone call is like hey he kidnapped your kid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's smuggling dope in your uh, heroin through your dolls, and he's a ninja. And Show has like no reaction. He turns around, and he tells the cop. And, and the way cops think, I'm just telling you that that's your heroin at that point, buddy. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you're you're complicit, yeah. dude. You're going you're going down for this too. Exactly. These are your dolls. I mean, seriously, man. I mean, I can just imagine who's buying these dolls. You know. <laughs> Got him for them dolls, baby. You know, like Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, God. Well, okay, so here's the thing. This movie, it does feel like, I, I got to say, it feels like this weird, poorly constructed amalgam of, like, what ninja ideas there are that they're pulling in from Japan and a not well thought out group of gangster <laughs> ideas kind of meshed yeah. together because I got to say there the Italian mob bosses there and his and his cronies are just about as cartoonishly fake Italian as they can be I mean it's just like it's like this would be this would be what the Italian bad guys would be in an 80s Saturday morning cartoon <clears throat> only they're actual exactly. human beings walking around and saying this stupid ass dialogue and it becomes this ridiculous thing where I, I it's it, it's it's like a, a bad 80s crime movie crashing into a bad ninja movie and just you know two tastes tasting great together in a bizarre way it just it shouldn't make any <laughs> sense and yet it strangely does but the only reason the movie exists as a matter of fact let's be honest the only reason any of these ninja movies existed in the first place was to 
have just your basic bare bones plot strung together well enough to get you to the next action scene. Exactly. They were just a bunch of action sequences. That's what they said. They shot them and they're like, okay, how are we going to tie these together? <laughs> <laughs> like the one in the park. That's my favorite one, by the way. Oh, that, okay, yes. Okay, oh, let's, let's let's talk about Shokushugi <laughs> versus the village people. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so Karate Cop is like, hey, <laughs> Karate Cop. So, I love yeah, that name. You know, his sidekick. I know where some bad dudes hang out. <laughs> where we can get some information. I'm see. I'm laughing right now, listeners, because I'm envisioning. I'm. I can see these guys in my head. Okay. It's like picture kind of like the village people. And double dragon bad guys like mixed together. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. You're <laughs> kind right. Of video game, yeah. So, so anyway, so they go to the park and he asks the guys some questions and they're like, "We ain't telling you shit, cop." And then they get into this fight. Okay, so here's your four villains. One of them, I guess he's kind of Samoan, Hispanic type, uh, um, yes. dressed in full-on biker gear. Yep, like biker vest. Another one's kind of a hefty Asian guy with a rising sun shirt and a mohawk. The third one, my favorite, and I can't quite figure out his character, is the cowboy. It's really skinny guy, white guy, cowboy, but his cowboy hat has a little bit of fur on it, so I can't really tell if he's homosexual or if he's a pimp. We, it's, know, hard to, it's hard to know what yeah, his It's hard to know has, what's yeah. happening because he's got the handlebar mustache. There's all kinds of stereotypes. Oh, and, like, and don't forget, combine it's, an these obviously, stereotypes. <laughs> it's an obvious fake mustache on the cowboy. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, yeah. Later gets it chopped off in the fight scene, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and Hilariously. then the last guy is a black guy in roller skates. <laughs> because and like, oh, didn't all black Jim guys Gear in roller skates like in Canon movies? Yeah, yeah, exactly, because, you know, yeah, it's L.A., right? I want to say he has headphones and a boombox, and I, I really... <laughs> I can't remember. There's <laughs> a boombox on the table, I think. So anyway, so they start fighting... And like eventually it becomes he's just fighting three of them, like the black guy, because he he roller skates off <laughs> to the crib, I guess, and gets, he gets a gun and roller skates back. Okay, so that's happening while he's fighting the other three guys. So they're just getting on different things, like let's let's shoot something on, on the slide where he kicks you and he goes down the slide. Let's shoot something by the swing. So they're just like taking advantage of this playground equipment, yeah. and he keeps beating up the same guys. And then it'll cut to the scene, and they're fighting again, but they're on a different plague piece of playground. playground equipment. Yeah. And then it'll cut back to the scene where there's a crowd gathered around, and then eventually the black guy shows up with a gun, shoots him, and then show does in marketing genius way reaches for the belt buckle throwing star. Yes. <laughs> I was never cool enough to have one of these, but I'm just telling. You, I were they, were, they, were they too pricey? Uh, you know what? It's not too late, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can relive your ninja childhood. After this. Summer. Anyway, so he, he pulls the throwing star off the bell buckle and hits him in the hand. This is like the only few times where guns show up in this movie. So, But yeah. Wow. I mean, seriously. just <laughs> In a movie that takes place in America. Yeah. I'm serious. I mean, I, I laughed so this. I thought this was su such a great movie, but when I watched it again when I was an adult, <laughs> you realize that it is not. Yeah, it, it was fun. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a load of fun. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching Revenge of the Ninja, but no one's no one you know who's not drunk is ever going to think it's a good movie or high or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be willing. You got to be willing to watch some 
some poorly shot. I mean, but you know, it's Cannon's like, hello, Cannon. Oh, uh, yes, I have an idea. Green light. <laughs> okay. Does it involve ninjas? Let's go. I own that rude uh, Japanese doll gallery downtown. Some thieves broke into it. My son is missing, too. Do you know anything about it? <laughs> hey, you know me. Do I have to haul your ass in again? Fuck off, pal. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, congratulations, you made a movie, you know? <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the, you know, the, in a lot of ways, the canon group, they kind of, all, their, their movies from the 80s kind of, in a way, are, they, they kind of define exploitation cinema from the United States in the 80s. They're kind of like the perfect example of what can work and what can go horribly <laughs> wrong. And I'm still stunned to this day how much fun those movies are. But I, I also, at the same time, wonder what kept them from making certain films. Like, for instance, why was there no Ninja Breakdancing movie? It seems like such a natural... Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me think about that now. <laughs> However, though, in Ninja 3, the star Lucinda Dickey was in Breaking, in Breaking yes. 2. She, that was Special K. Exactly. <laughs> she, she, yeah. that, that's the thing. It, it, I don't know why there was never like another canon ninja film with her, you know, like where, where they like went full, like, you know, breaking three, the ninjas attack or whatever the hell. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? See, man, that's they needed you back then, man. <laughs> you're not. Well, I, I can already. Not, here, here's the here's the here's the plot. <clears throat> I feel like I've seen some breakdancing ninjas somewhere, though. I'm just trying to my mind is jogging right now. Where have I seen that? Probably in I the music video. A, <laughs> well, there, well, there was. I remember there was a hip hop group, UTFO. Uh, their DJ, Mixmaster Ice, during this time, used to wear a ninja suit, full on ninja suit, as a DJ. <laughs> oh god, he was my favorite for obvious reasons. Well, there, well yes, clearly <laughs> yeah. there would be no, there would be it's nothing like else to be. Was really a ninja. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> why else? You know, why, why else? else would he have this suit? I got it. Okay, so. The, the village people fight is absolutely hilarious. And, and yes, it, it as an adult watching it, you look at it and you go, this seems like something that they shot just to see if they could shoot it. Yeah, so it has nothing to do, I mean, with the plot. I mean, you could have done without it. His son is kidnapped at, the po- at this point, and you're out fighting people in the park. But, you know, <laughs> well, we're, probably, we're they, different kind of fathers, me and show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing is, is OK. So this is, a, I think, the first movie where show's son uh, shows up. Kane. 
Yeah. Hank his, Kazuki. It, yeah, his actual <laughs> son. Yeah, playing his actual son in the movie. And the, uh, huh? so I, lo- I love the fact that they, they, they call him Kane because it's like, you know, this is probably the smartest <laughs> movie. He's a kid. Let's yeah. not confuse him with some other name. Uh, but at the same time, the sequences in which uh, Kane Kashugi is like kicking the shit out of somebody. It, well, first of all, <laughs> the, the first scene we see yeah. him kicking the shit out of somebody, it's him kicking the shit out of other kids. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I could watch that on an endless loop. <laughs> Just, <laughs> one, one one martial arts kid being insulted by other kids and then kicking the shit out of the kids that oh, insulted yeah. him. Oh yeah, that's that's every every kid who's ever been even... bullied. Every kid wow. who's ever been bullied. That's like their wet dream, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even understand why they were fighting. Like um, seriously, their lines. They walk up and said, "Hey man, what's your trip? What's your trip? Let's kick his ass." And they no, fight. No, I couldn't remember if it was. Here's here's my question: Is like I, I like what? my fights with more. I like my bullying with more banter than that. You know. Well, that's just it. I mean, was it? <laughs> I was on. thinking. I look back on it. I think it was. It it felt like it was supposed to be a racist thing, but they don't say anything that, if if I remember correctly, they don't say anything specifically racist. So is it just that? <laughs> and there's another thing where. Okay, so these kids, you know, start fucking with him, but at the same and time, there's a representative from all ethnic group in this group of kids, by the way. It's except like every Asian. every American type that we can we, yeah. that can be, except Asian, is here, and we're going to taunt you. But here's the weird thing about it: I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, you'd do that shit to other kids, and you'd fuck with them, or bully them, or do something, you know, say something really stupid to another kid just to fuck with them. But not when an adult was around, and that kid's grandmother's right there. It's like that's one yeah. of those sequences where you're just like. Well, no, dude, that was the unwritten code. You weren't ever going to be stupid enough to get yourself caught by doing this in front of a parent or an adult of any type. Because mm. they'll believe, yeah, they'll they believe the adult. They're not These are L.A. Kid. kids, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> They're a different type. LA, 1980s L.A. They don't give a shit. I got you. Now, <laughs> you now, now, now it makes Black sense. Era? <laughs> okay, okay. So the, 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 the fall down breakout. Awesome two set pieces are the you know the, the the van chase, which I think is still kind of amazing to this day. But the oh, yeah. one the one sequence when you watch this as an adult, which is just super bizarre, is uh, the aforementioned grandmother's sequence. <laughs> it turns out she's some kind of fucking badass too. Man, when she does when when the stunt person does the flip across the room and then they do the <laughs> tight end, her turn around real slow, arthritic. <laughs> <laughs> man, yes. just that alone, man. Instant laughter. It's, it's like she has so all these good. moves, and, and like she throws like a knife at him. He catches it, and he throws her back, and that gets her. Yeah. And then she throws the smoke bombs. The smoke bomb is a mystery to me. <laughs> Seriously, that's kind of like even as a kid, you're like, okay, wait a minute. How do you do this? What is this? Yeah, that was just a little puff of smoke. How'd you get over there? That was some David Copperfield. <laughs> You know, did you Chris drop Hansel's through a did you drop through a hole in the floor and come out yeah. the wall? What happened? Yeah, I don't exactly. understand. What's happening here? Yeah, it goes behind the wall and he just knows the stab the wall. I know. Yeah. She dies. She's impaled in the wall. And then he takes his mask off and Kane sees it all. Why did he take his mask off? Or why did he even dress up? This is a couple part. There's a part where he kills one of the gangsters in the bathroom. He goes in the bathroom while he, the gangster's there with his family. A public bathroom and changes yeah. into his ninja outfit in a public bathroom. <laughs> a public park bathroom. We know what happens there. Anyway. <laughs> so he changes and he gets out and kills the guy by breaking his neck. No ninja 
accessories needed. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. so why did he even do, exactly pants. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to change into ninja clothes so there's little plot holes and I've also heard the, the Braden is the guy's name the, the bad guy character he um from what I've heard the reason why he wore the silver mask underneath oh, I always yeah. thought was so he wouldn't be recognized but I heard that that was also show doing his stunts oh yeah it, de- it definitely is and that's the reason for that's the reason for the mask but also I mean I have to admit <laughs> let's give credit where credit's due within the story having this guy wear a mask when he's in the ninja suit is a smart move because he's <laughs> trying to hide his identity it's exactly. like you know, that's what I always thought it was but Turns out it wasn't. They're probably like, oh, this is a win-win. Let's do it like this. Since you're wearing a mask, show, get over there. And be the good, bi- good guy and the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the who, do you know the guy's name that plays Brayden by any chance? Oh, uh, yes, yes, I do. Hang on. He kind of uh, looks like Will Ferrell in a way. <laughs> Arthur Roberts. He always looks like, he's, he, he looks like he just stepped off the, uh, the, uh, the set of MASH. So. <laughs> Yeah, the part where he does the hypno- <laughs> hypnotizes the 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 lady, and that's a, okay. Let's talk about the female. <laughs> let's talk yes. about her. Yeah, <laughs> the the female quote unquote character. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> like she comes in and she's flirting with the show. I guess she. Yeah. It looks like she has no pants on. Okay. She, well, that's just it. She does not. As far as I can she tell, does? she was wearing. Yeah, no, she's not because later on she's in that same getup no and she's pants. wearing pants. <laughs> I mean, that's I, you know I always picture like the morning after, like sex in a dojo. I guess that's what you do. You put on the top half of the karate suit. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like the the Oxford shirt of the. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> or, you, you, you won't the, be with a girl wears a t-shirt or something, or well, you won't be yeah. shocked considering her her amazing thespian skills. But you won't be shocked to learn that she was only ever in one other movie. So, oh, you're kidding me? <laughs> yeah, shock. I know. I know that that has surprised you. But yeah, she she um yeah, I never quite understood that. I mean, it, so so she's she's playing. I guess she she works for Brayden. But she's fallen for show. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on. Half the time you think she's on one side, the other side you're like, man, you. She's. Most of the time, there, there came a point. I was, I made the, I made the tactical error of watching this with my my dear sweetheart. <laughs> and there came a point where she said, "Is she ever fully dressed in this movie?" <laughs> exactly. I mean, she was just, okay, hot blonde, you know, we're going to cast you because we all need a Heather Thomas type. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, they, so she gets hypnotized and she, the fight scene between her and Kane was pretty, pretty <laughs> it, it interesting. was intense. So kicking her ass and then shows her mercy and she just runs up from behind and grabs him. It seems like he would have known a move for that because he's been whooping your ass. I know. So it's, it's like, we, it's, but what it is, it's so clear. They just, they, they want to have the fight, but no matter what happens at the end of this, we got to capture the kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they get back to the place and I guess she, uh, she becomes unhypnotized. I think he pimp slaps her and slaps her out. <laughs> oh, God. Seriously, I think right. that's what happened. <laughs> so he pimp slaps her back into reality. And she has regret, and then they try to kill her by like putting her in a hot tub. <laughs> I know, what, just, how do you? Just, are they, are they just trying the to really relax her and prune her flesh? What was the whole yeah, point? Exactly. I, and they put Kane in a in a sauna. Now I'm gonna tell you what it was right now. Hey, dude, we have a hot tub sauna area. If you guys want to shoot in there, they're probably <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, how do how do we write this in the plot? Oh, I get it. We'll kill the kid by make sauna him to death. Exactly. <laughs> you know? We're gonna hot tub this bitch right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, what, is, what the hell, man? And there's like some I can't really figure the henchmen that they leave with him. Yeah. The watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, Braden goes all Dr. Evil. It's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't have a pool of sharks. I want to kind of James Bond you, but I got this hot tub. So let me. <laughs> so let me, <laughs> let me put you, let me tie you so that you're floating in the hot tub and then turn the hot tub on. It's like, what the fuck? So yeah, her role. And then she calls, like I said, makes the phone call. Show, Braden's not who you think he is. He's kidnapped Kane and he's a ninja. And he's selling to, I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's time to crack open that katana and get out the ninja weapons and go to fucking town. Show goes directly. He's like, only a ninja can stop a ninja and says that line's karate cop. So he instantly <laughs> goes, yeah, he knows where the ninja's going to be because he's coming to kill those gangsters. And then, Which, by the way, let me back up on that. Okay, let's talk about the gangsters for a minute. Okay, so Braden is smuggling in these drugs to sell it to the gangsters right. well it's time to do the deal because kane accidentally knocks over a doll sees the powder so they answer like well we need to move this stuff so that's starts that in motion so the gangsters are like oh yeah i ain't got the money right now but gonna bring me the stuff that's what starts the war right there this is 1980s la find another buyer it's not a big deal. Have you seen Blow? Find Boston George or somebody. <laughs> yes. The Pee Wee Herman dude. You know what I'm saying? Anybody. <laughs> Derek for real. Find Derek for real. <laughs> uh, no need for Ninja War. That's what I'm saying. So this Ninja was a very, very bad drug dealer. <laughs> well, and then, see, that's the killer thing, is that for this to the the sense you're supposed to get from this whole drug deal is that this is not the first time this dude has done this. That this is, you know, this is like, you know, he's done this deal before in the past. But it goes back and forth where it feels like he's done this kind of thing before and also, like, he's not reacting well to getting fucked over. And it's like, if you've done drug deals before, you've gotten fucked over. You need to have a better plan. Yeah, yeah, get some notches in your belt first, dude, before you pull out ninja tactics here. You know, give us some time. It's called charging it to the game. Charging it to the game, Braden. <laughs> so, so if his plan was, okay, I do the drug deal. This is like the first one. Do the drug deal, and if something goes wrong, I murder everybody. It seems like you were just looking for a reason to murder motherfuckers. Exactly. He just wanted to do some ninja shit. He's like, you know what? There's ninja shit. <laughs> yeah. I got my little case here. <laughs> I'm gonna put in. It's like eh, eh, I left. You know, I left a few shuriken stars in people's faces. So let me let me resupply, and then you know. So so, so like we're okay. So so we're talking about the mafia anyway. So he gets revenge on one by one on these mafia people. So now he's going to get the final guy. So that's where show instead of going to find his kid, he goes to fight this guy on the rooftop of this. And that's where the final fight scene. Karate Cop shows to help him up, help him out, gets killed. Yep. <laughs> Show climbs up the wall, but the Braden takes the uh, <laughs> he like takes Batman. the elevator. <laughs> yeah, now he Batman's it across like different. He lands on the roof. 
Oh yeah. The roof scene, the final fight scene in the roof. See, this is what I don't understand. So like the the chick that was in the hot tub gets out and it's wet t shirt contest. Yes. So they're fighting the roof. And this is you this is reoccurring in all these ninja movies. They're totally submerged in water, jump up, fight. Very next scene, dry. <laughs> Very next thing. Yeah, no, no water. Now, I'm sorry. I was young enough to understand water technology. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Someone shot this out of order. Something wrong. final shoot today. Scene, yeah. And it's funny because, like, he's on the roof. I can't find him, but there's, like, a pool beside me. He's just walking around the pool real consciously. He's in the pool, man. <laughs> and sure enough, God, jump scare out of the pool. <laughs> There's so there's so many okay uh, this whole this whole ninja final you know two ninjas fight one one ninja leaves fight here on the roof of this building it's just completely nuts because yeah the well, you know part of the time here part of the problem here is that you know the 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 fact that this was a pretty quickly shot film shows up a lot in the action sequences because it's you know yeah the choreography is okay but at the same time what the choreography often if the choreography isn't often shown shown well enough by the director it isn't photographed well enough to fool your eye into thinking that this is an actual fight because a lot of it looks very well planned and staged so you get to a point where there there's this intermixing of sequences on this on this um, on this rooftop where there'll be stretches of it where it looks really good, where it's like, Oh, okay, this, this is, they've done this well enough so that it actually feels like they're actually fighting. And then there'll be a, a section right after that where you're just like, okay, so he's putting his sword in place and waiting for the guys, other, the, the other guy's sword to be there. And then this, that, it, it gets, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. You know, it's, <laughs> and it's like, I, 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 when you learn about it, you realize, okay, they, they, they had X amount of time. They had to get it shot. There's only so much time to get this thing, you know, choreographed out and shot properly. And plus, this was, I think, the first time the guy who directed this ever directed a movie in the first place. He'd done some stuff. I think so. This was it. So it's not like he has, like, you know, he's not, not like he's got, a, like, an A-letter grade in how to shoot action sequences. And sometimes it's obvious. You know, he, this, yeah. the, the guy who directed this, uh, Sam Furstenberg, mm-hmm. he, he, went on and made like the first two American Ninja movies, which I have to do. <laughs> and Ninja you. three, actually he made, he, he made directed Ninja, Ninja three, three and, uh, and break into electric boogaloo. <laughs> which shouldn't shock anybody. Yeah. Delta force three in 91. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And something that I, I have to admit, I've got to see, I've never seen in 93. He made a movie called cyborg cop, which has at least <laughs> one sequel. And I'm going to tell you now one day me and cyborg cop are going to have some popcorn together. It's going to happen. <laughs> It just sounds like something you need to watch. Yeah. Cyborg cop. It's... Bye-bye belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing all day. <laughs> I know what my day looks like. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if there's a DVD double feature of Cyborg Cop and Cyborg Cop 2, I'm buying it tomorrow. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the, you know... When you when you realize that okay, so this guy's not... You know, this, this is his first shot and he's, he's doing his best. That's fine, but... There is this weird mixture where it seems like somebody else took over. For instance, the whole van chase sequence, that whole sequence, that all of that feels really well done. And I think mm-hmm. that to a degree what it is is like the stunt coordinators, the stunt people just took that whole section over because it's like you guys know what you're doing and I don't. <laughs> That's what happened. They said uh, the stunt coordinator had so much room to work because they didn't really write in any action. So this was the him 
so the he came up with the ideas like when he when he does a little handstand and kicks through the windshield yeah. which by the way let's address this the, the van scene let's let's address the indian guy <laughs> <laughs> what about him i mean come on i mean so the mafia oh, that's was right. like he gets he, yeah, he has yeah. a magic tomahawk that comes out of his he ass. has tomahawks he's in full indian gear it's, i mean i'm serious it's, it's, <laughs> yes. it was even back then it was one of those things where it's just like this is a little much isn't it <laughs> Yeah, and he fights him with tomahawks. And later on, the guy that played the Indian guy, I think he was Michael Myers eventually. Oh, was he? I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Um, God, I can't think of the. He's a stuntman, actually. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think he later was, uh, I want to say, maybe the curse of Michael Myers. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah, the Indian. <laughs> There's a lot of like stereotypes in this movie. But oh, it's, it's, it's the 80s. It, it, but that's it's all like, this movie is. It, is. it is action sequences strung together by a weak plot and stereotypes. That's all this thing is. <laughs> but yeah, the so, so, but the stunts, yeah. And, and I think I, I remember watching like a documentary on the making of American Ninja where they were talking to uh, Furstenberg and he was saying that this is how he learned how to shoot action was this movie. Um, Cause most of his shots are wide, like wide shots. So you can get the action in on it. There wasn't a lot of shaky yeah. camera work. So it, it was cool on that aspect, but yeah, they were just, let's shoot it, use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Okay. Check this out. Uh, van chase. What do you got? <laughs> well, any time, this is something I've learned over the years, is anytime you can just turn your stunt people loose to create something. Oh, yeah. You can get some fun stuff. I mean, you might have to, you know, fix some some problems in editing, but in general, you're going to get something that actually feels interesting. So, And that would be better because, you know, stunt men and women, I mean, they, they know what they can do. You know, it's like, well, man, check this out. I've been practicing this move. This would be kind of badass. You know, <laughs> and they feel like they're part of sites. They're, it's almost like they wrote it as, as well, you know. So I like when <laughs> everyone considering can contribute. Uh, if it was underwritten, then, then having just everybody contribute, at least at least you get the damn film in the can, right? Yeah. See, that, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm wording it like you know everyone was contributing. We know that's not how creativity works. What it was, they were looking around saying, "Okay, who's got something? <laughs> Anybody got <laughs> any idea? ideas? You, key grip." <laughs> Can we can we fix can we fix it? Is there a way to fix this fucking yeah, fix problem? It's the here? third act for us. Uh, <laughs> we have no way catering to catering guy. Yeah, this 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 isn't this isn't like the the fixes like uh, when you when you hear uh, about the production of uh, Mad Max Fury Road and uh, there there are these little things that there are all these things that stuntmen came up with because what it is is like George Miller who writes and directs the films comes to comes to the stuntman and he goes what I want is this to happen. I want you guys to find some way to get from vehicle to vehicle in a way that we've never seen before. And the stuntmen go away and then come back and go, okay, we're going to show you this thing where we have these flexible poles mounted to these vehicles and we swing across. And, he, and they show it to the director and the director goes, great. That's contributing to the film. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's someone going, I need this specific thing and the stuntmen going away, figuring it out and coming back. Whereas in movies like this, it's how do we get to the next sequence? And the stuntmen <laughs> yeah. go, we can blow shit up. Why don't we blow yeah. shit up? <laughs> I, I love this movie. I'm sorry. I'm still doing it. I, I love this it movie is. too. It is without a doubt. Uh, it is without a doubt not a good movie, but there are uh, so many enjoyable things in it. And the most enjoyable <laughs> things in it are the action scenes. And of course, we also get, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
yeah, it's it's a clusterfuck of stereotypes and and bad <laughs> bad ideas and stupid yeah. stupid considerations for just what in the hell actually constitutes a movie. But it, it does it actually brings a lot of energy to the screen, and it is one of those things where, okay, for instance, I look at this movie and I go, this could only have been done at that particular time, where there were exactly because. You're right because that, that that was just like right after Rudy Ray Moore, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it was okay. <laughs> just it's, just throw all these. I mean, it's like it's it's this time when there was there was so little consideration. It's like literally, I think the only ethnic group that was that had that there was any consideration for whatsoever in this movie for like not insulting would have been the Japanese, and that's about it exactly. because your star is Japanese. And that's it. And so everything else is just like, well, you know, Italians sound like this, and they're all gangsters, right? Okay, throw some Italians in. <laughs> exactly. See, so that's what I'm saying. Back then, they didn't think about things like that. They didn't care. They were like, okay. This is how we spice we're things have up. Mafia guys, cast all the Italians you got. We're going <laughs> to. Yes. You know, at least they spread it around, though, a little bit. You had people from different ethnicities and things like that working together as a gang to get beat up. <laughs> which, I mean, is I guess. which is truly strange because that's not how gangs work. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not how gangs work. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Whoever wrote this don't know a lot about crime. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. It's like, you know. It's, it's like all, all the research was on, uh, you know, ninja and not a lot yeah, exactly. of ninja, but ninja. And they didn't know a lot about ninjas either. They knew a little bit. They knew they had weapons and let's flip the weapons around. But like we mentioned earlier, this would have been all at night. <laughs> the movie would have been about 15. Revenge of the Ninja would have been a ninja sneaking into your room, <laughs> slipping shit in your drink. Or slitting your throat <laughs> or, you know. Slitting your throat, sneaking back out. No sign. People are like, man, what happened to Rod? He's fucking dead. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Shit. I was up late last night. I didn't hear anything in his was room. Was it COVID? Do we need to worry? <laughs> yeah, it was you marked the COVID-19 death. <laughs> what the hell from happened? From a ninja, <laughs> ninja assassination. <laughs> ninjas, oh, this would be prime time for ninjas to get back into the groove, man, because they could just hide know, behind right? all the deaths. Exactly. What a good time to be a killer. <laughs> what a good time to be a killer. Exactly. Unless you're a serial killer and you want credit, then what a bad time to be a serial killer. <laughs> You'd have to take a lot of photographs and keep them hidden for years later so that you could go, yeah, you only thought that was the coronavirus, bitches. It was me. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not condoning uh, serial killers by any way, listeners, just so you know. Uh, we're, yeah, we, 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 condemn, <laughs> no we condemn all serial killers and wish they would stop. Those high, those bodies down Highway 100 have nothing to do with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no killer. nothing is. I don't have that kind of time to, to stalk and write a manifesto. And besides, besides, <laughs> you fuckers will never prove it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always. My, by, by the way, talk. always one of my favorite uh, bad guy lines in any in any uh, 80s action film. You'll never be able to prove it. And the, which, what's that from? Oh, seventeen different movies. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say it was there one in particular because yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 usually when uh, the the cops only have a only have a certain amount of uh, of an idea of who the bad guy is, and they confront him, hoping that they'll shake him loose, and it won't, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> That's the other thing. The cops in these movies, they don't have a clue. <laughs> they also they also are rarely anywhere useful. It's like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I mean the head they cop no the head cop 
Oh, doesn't I mean the head cop? Is there a head cop? I mean, do we get a head cop that actually does anything in this movie? Well, there's there's the detective that doesn't detect that there's one ninja in town and there's ninja murders happening. <laughs> yes, his job. <laughs> so is remember, not, he meets yeah. him in the office and then he has the epic scene where like he spills his coffee and like you clearly see in the scene the coffee spilling. But when it cuts the it cuts the show catching it midair and like not a drop spilled. Yes, he was impressive. <laughs> I mean, I would have done another take, you know. So take without coffee, so it looks like it doesn't spill. You would have done another take, so you would have never gotten a job at Canon. So fuck you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's, they were one taking it out the yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> we're getting some one take. It was funny. I'd seen an interview with Show, and he was saying something. I've like, never had an acting lesson. I was like, no fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, so last night I watched, um, because I've got a couple more Shokushugi films around here, I watched Rage of Honor last night just for just for shits and giggles. And that is one I have not seen. You know, it's it's worth seeing. If, if you if you like your ninja action badass, then Rage of yeah. Honor is worth checking out. Um, it's like, that was, this was like later, later, it's though, like, right? It's only a few this years later. It's like 87. Okay, okay. So it's still, it's... Oh, wow. So it's from that, how did that escape my radar from back then? Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pretty good. There's a, there's a good cheap Blu-ray of it out there, and it's uh, it's it's worth checking out. And what's cool is uh, there's a great interview from just a few years ago with Shokushuki talking about his career. And uh, he's, uh, you know, at this point, he's like, you know, he's like in his 60s, but he's still in, you know, he's still in really good shape and still works out all the time and still, you know, still has got his, you know, still got his mojo. And he, he at one point actually says... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an actor. <laughs> he said, I'm a martial artist. And so they, they superimpose, you know, his name over the, over the image, Shokushugi, uh, actor. And then they cross out actor and put martial artist, <laughs> just like he said. And it's one of those moments in the, in this interview where it's just like, good deal. Way to go guys. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check that out then because I'm I'm sure I'm missing out on something. Have, uh, I remember Nine Deaths of the Ninja. That was another one that wasn't a canon one. No. Well, that's the okay. Thing, listen, is I I <laughs> okay. never saw I let never me, saw that one. That was one of the ones that was, it was the VHS box that hung out yeah. inside the yeah. video stores, and I just <laughs> never rented it. Rented it ever. <laughs> let me tell you, just brief. Just just Google search the opening credit sequence. Of nine deaths. It's whole nine deaths of the ninja. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it looks kind of like. Remember those body shaping shows that used to come on, like kind of like Jane Fonda workout type shit. Yeah, it's kind of like that with a ninja dancing in it, like shows dance. It's funny. <laughs> It's funny. Just watch it, man. It's got like a real cheesy song. Oh, well, the, that well, part, the whole film is just sitting there on YouTube, so it'll be easy. It sucks, though, man. Yes, yeah, I'm saying this fits. I mean, it's it's cheesy, but if you really want to waste some time, I mean, it's. Well, I just watched Rage it's kind of, of like, Honor. It's kind of like night. a strike force. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like a strike force, ninja strike force. There's like a female and a guy, American, and show and. They're they're fighting terrorism and stuff. It's the one thing that's funny is one of the villains. <laughs> I'm not sure if they were going for a Pam Greer type thing, but her name is <laughs> Colonel Honey Hump. <laughs> oh God, kill! Are you, okay, I'm you just you've made this a must watch. That's yeah. And, and and the other bad guy is played by uh, Blackie Dammit. You know Anthony Kiedis's dad. Wow, really? From the Chili Peppers. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he does a pretty bad job. I'm not sure if he's a German accent. He's got going. On. He's like in a wheelchair and. 
it's kind of Doctor Evilish, but yeah, I mean, yeah, check it out. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's that's uh, that's something. Since it's sitting there on YouTube, it's so easy to just click the button. I'll end up watching that soon. It's not good though. <laughs> uh, like I'm expecting good. Come on. I know. This is what I'm saying. Why am I even saying that? It's it's a it's a movie, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a film. It has ninjas. You know what to expect. Yeah. Roll with it. Yeah. And then there was uh, Pray for Death. Pray for Death was okay. Yeah. Have you seen Pray for Death? Yeah, that one's uh, the same company, Arrow, uh, Arrow, Arrow Video, put out uh, Pray for Death and Rage of Honor on on Blu-ray. But that same company put them both out. And, and like I say, both okay. of them have extras. Both of them have you know interview stuff with sh- with show and and uh, a bunch of other stuff like that. So they're they're I think you can get them cheap these days. So it's worth it if because like I say, they're they're better directed than the canon movies. Yeah, and they're they're they they hold together because they actually seem to have had scripts, but they're still you know not great cinema by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> you said better directed. It's funny. Uh, Pray for Death was uh, Gordon Hessler, the guy that did like Kiss meets the Phantom. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like it's it's oh, it's yeah. Gordon, Gordon Hessler, and that's the thing. Gordon Hessler made a, he made a lot of movies, and he made a lot of movies that I actually really enjoy. Especially uh, back in the '70s, he made um, some horror movies, like a Vincent, Vincent Price horror fi- film, like uh, Cry, uh, yeah. Cry of the Banshee, and he did a, a a version of Murders in the Rue Morgue in like '71. And it's like he did some interesting stuff in the '70s, like uh, Scream Petty, Scream Pretty Peggy, and uh, he even directed uh, he even directed one of my favorite movies of all time. He did uh, the Ray Harryhausen movie, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad. But it's like he's so hit or miss. Yeah. He, he did a lot of television. He's so hit or miss. So it's like when I go in to see something that Gordon Hessler directed, it's like, well, it could be flat as hell or it could be Golden Voyage of Sinbad. <laughs> I have no fucking way to know. Well, Pray for Death is uh, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool because uh, he, he show uh, his other son, Shane Kazuki, is in, in this film, too. So he has Kane and Shane both in it. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it, the uh, main bad guy was played by James Booth, also also wrote it. <laughs> so he, the, the writer is also the yeah that's, main that's villain. usually a weird sign. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of a weird. It, I mean, it, it it's 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 got action, but it's weird because it's like it, this guy's a ninja and he's hiding from his kids that he's a ninja. And like kids, of course, get kidnapped and all this. A lot of shit happens before. He finally says, like, his wife has to die before he goes, okay, that's it. Ninja time. <laughs> you know, it seemed like a ninja would have been, like, first first thing that happened. He would have been like, nah, fuck this. Throwing star, don't fuck with my family. Oh, no, or if it was yeah. if it was actually something would happen, it would be fairly minor, but it could lead to something bad. And this guy would just accidentally, minor. This guy would accidentally, this guy would just accidentally die the next day, and nobody would know how it happened. So. The first thing that they do is kidnap the kid. Kane, the the smallest kid, Shane, and then I think Show shows up, and they somehow tie him up, and they cut his chest, and it's like real, like badass, because he has no reaction as this guy's cutting him across his chest. Which film is this we're talking about now? This is Pray for Death. Oh yeah, okay, okay. I haven't watched Pray for Death. So he cuts him across his chest. You know, he's not like First Blood Rambo going (laughs) when he's getting cut. No, he's Stone Face Show, man. It don't phase him. So, so anyway, oh, that's right. So, this is yeah. the movie. Pray for Death is the one with Limehouse Willie as a character. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's James Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plot is blown to hell. I mean, it's stupid. It's like a he's he. Someone steals a necklace and 
stashes it in a house that show buys from an old man and some other criminals this, come yeah. and steal it. Yeah, and the same crew, and that's what the whole thing's about is they're trying to find the diamond necklace. It's like, man, once again, bad criminals. Look in your crew, man. <laughs> they stole from you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get your people in check. I'm, you just know? Remember, I'm just remembering it all the different crime movies where it's like, I don't mind when my people <laughs> yeah. skim a little bit off the top because it shows initiative. <laughs> but when you start interfering... It's like, why am I suddenly Jack Palance? What the fuck am I doing now? So, <laughs> what's going on? Here? All right, so, so, so we let's let's complete the trilogy. We got to talk Ninja Three, okay. the domination. <laughs> I, I I think Ninja Three, the domination, is possibly the greatest film ever made. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ninja Three is one of the most entertaining fucking things that canon ever produced because it's a film that has no idea what the hell it's doing most of the time. <laughs> No, I, I guess this is during. I mean, it was '84, so it was during the horror craze. That was when slasher film and everything yeah. else. And they, I guess they already had the slasher and the violence cover. So they're like, let's throw in some exorcism. <laughs> so <laughs> and with, so like with extra nudity. <laughs> oh yeah, so so it's Lucinda Dickey, like we said, and that's um like she was in Breaking and Breaking Two. <laughs> so she's the they make her the star and show doesn't really have a lot of action in this one till the end. He um yeah. He kind of shows up at crime scenes kind of like a Donald Pleasant Dr. Loomis <laughs> type dude, you know. Yes, exactly. And it's funny cuz he has a patch on his eye. Okay, let's let, okay. A ninja possesses this lady if you haven't seen him. But anyway, so so him the ninja that possesses the ghost ninja I guess him and Show had history because it shows a flashback scene where that ninja throws a star into Show's eye, and that's how he ended up getting a patch. Now, Show, if I've learned anything from your movies before, the throwing star to the eye is a kill shot, buddy. As so a matter of fact, they go out of their way in Revenge of the yeah. Ninja to explain it. It is perfectly, it is the, it is the correct length so that if it enters through the eye, it pierces the brain and kills. Exactly. Yeah, the, in the crime scene, because Brayden. <laughs> Hit somebody in the eye from on top of a skyscraper, man. I mean, how good. Yes. <laughs> it's like you can't – you're not a good drug dealer, man. You should do like trick shots and stuff, man. I mean, you, you're that good with a throwing star? Right in the eye from the top of a skyscraper. It's crazy. Yes. yes. <laughs> but anyway, but back back to Pray for Death, yeah. So so they no, had no, history. You, you, no, we're talking about you're talking about Ninja. I'm oh, not Pray for Death. Ninja three, Ninja Three, sorry. So so like I said, th there's a history between them, but yeah. So 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 the movie starts <laughs> with a ninja fighting he's a gray ninja. Which, which he means he, which which means he might be a good I don't know what that means. What is it why why is he dressed in gray? What the fuck? I don't know. You see, I never when I would always research the, I mean, it's, it's it seemed like your outfit choice would be considering to your terrain that you're going. I never understood like until like remember we'll talk American Ninja too. You know, American Ninja they had like all these different color ninjas, and I remember there was a magazine and it was called Ninja that used to come out like monthly. And of course. they would always have like the red ninja and they would call it the fire ninja and the green ninja was the earth ninja. Okay, at this point, they're so just guessing, trying to make new action figures. That's all this is. They're trying to sell different color ninja suits is what they're trying to do. <laughs> all of them are worthless except for the black one. You go out at night, they don't see you. Everything else, come on. Everything else I mean, is for show you, or for sexy time. This is fashion. We're talking fashion at this point. You know, this, <laughs> That's not the ninja creed, man. You know? Ninja creed. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's not part of it, man. You, you dress for practicality, man. It's not for looks. Anyway, so. Well, Ninja, I mean, Ninja, 3, so, Ninja 3 starts off batshit crazy because you finally see, <laughs> you finally see, okay, so this Ninja has, it commits, uh, he, he commits an assassination. Just kills people yeah. in broad daylight. He's just, it, it's sure. on a golf course, if memory serves. On a golf course, exactly. He crushes like a pair of golf balls and turns them into powder. Which is hilarious. <laughs> There's so many. Someone pulls a gun and he shoots like a blow dart right to the barrel and the gun back i mean there's so many things in this man i mean <laughs> but yeah the open sequence they jump off it's action-packed you think it's going to be like badass he gets shot up like well the cops surround him and just gun him down him and they shoot him up and he throws a smoke bomb and he's gone and you think he's dead but he has buried himself into the ground <laughs> yes it's so crazy <laughs> I mean, wow. And this smoke bomb lasts like five seconds. <laughs> Tops. That's, you can't dig into the ground like that. Anyway, so if that's how If you have digging one. skills like that, there are so many yeah. ways you can make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dig. Yeah. Get people out of jail. Yeah. And smoke. You could have smuggled the drugs that way. You could have dug a tunnel for Braden and Revenge of <laughs> 2. Underneath Came the Pacific, through. even. My God. Yeah, man. El Chapo would have paid you big money. <laughs> you still digging skills. But yeah. So I guess the gray ninja is the digging ninja. <laughs> <laughs> He's the dig dug ninja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dig dug. I never made that relation, but he was so. He had dig dug skills. It may have been. You know. Dig Dug may have been a ninja too when he wasn't doing Dig Dug shit. May have been the same guy in the same universe. <laughs> oh, the things you yeah. learn. Pretend that like different movies are in the same universe. Like I pretend like Patrick Swayze from The Outsiders is like went on to like be uh, Roadhouse Patrick Swayze because <laughs> he got all this rumbling in, and then he goes off to be a bouncer, and then then maybe Point Break. <laughs> then, I, yeah, there you go. That's like guys. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so maybe. Um, well, anyway, back to the ninja and the cop. So he gets he he gets away, and um, now he's dying. And Lucinda Dickey is like, she's working the pole. <laughs> <laughs> she's a telephone line woman. Yeah, that's right. She's repairing a pole with a boombox and some eighties music in the background. And she sees the ninja is dying, so she goes down to try to help him. I think he fights her a little bit. I don't know. Then he hands her a sword, and the sword, he, as he dies, and she gets, she gets possessed by a ninja. <laughs> so, so she goes and, and on. And from there, the movie writes itself. <laughs> okay. Then it goes downhill. <laughs> so she goes on to get revenge on all the cops that shot him because you know they're in the wrong because you know this dude just showed up on a golf course and started killing people. <laughs> so the cops you know. did something yeah. they need they need to be killed for. Exactly. Like his spirit couldn't rest. They were so heinous <laughs> that he had to possess Special K from breaking. <laughs> well, the the beautiful thing to me is that once they once they realize what the hell's going on, they 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 turn to a Japanese exorcist who uh who's, <laughs> James Hong. Yeah, yeah, who I who you know, it's James Hong and so if you've ever seen a movie, you've seen James Hong for God's sake. Funny thing, okay, to back up just a little bit. When she goes and talks to the cops after the murder, after the ninja was 
died, there's a cop that starts like stalking her, become basically becomes her boyfriend. But he's basically stalking her. Like he shows up at her aerobics class, and it's funny because it's got a bunch of dudes watching girls work out. And then after she leaves the class, there's they're trying to rape her like right in front of everyone, <laughs> like in the alley. There's a crowd. That's what I'm saying. It's not how rape works. <laughs> it's something you do in the dark, hidden from view. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Anyway, so so they're trying to do that, and she goes, hey. And then somehow the ninja spirit starts like – it's kind of like the werewolf type thing. Not werewolf. Maybe more vampire, the three-bite rule. <laughs> yes. Like she's a little bit ninja, but she's not complete full-on ninja yet. So anyway, so she uses the little bit of the skills and beats him up. Meanwhile, stalker cop is standing there and watching. They tell you're a cop. I know you're off duty and all, but there's a rape in progress, buddy. Do something. Yeah. So so anyway, so that's weird. So yeah. So and you were talking about okay after I don't forgot what we were talking about where I went back. Oh, oh um, I don't know, man. We were talking about the exercise. Yeah. So when he finds out, you know, where, where you get all these bruises and where you disappear and. Too, not because he was, you know, he was a needy boyfriend after the V8 sex scene. You know? <laughs> of course, and I've done some freaky shit before, but I've never said, you know what, V8. I think if I pour V8 over me, I'll be more seductive. And you know what? They probably had it on standby because this is probably they probably use V8 for blood in this movie. <laughs> well, no, there, there's a part of me that wonders if they uh, they they did V8, they did like champagne, they did like three or four other things, and they would they they figured they would figure it out whoever would pay them the most. That's who they put in the movie. Oh, exactly. The '80s was a time of product placement. Oh, okay, <laughs> big big time, and it it's so funny nowadays to. Um, to, to look back at well it, it still happened don't get me wrong it still happens in movies it's, it's, it's not it's not like it's gone away but they've gotten more savvy about it instead of just shoving like a Pepsi coin you know a, a Pepsi machine into a scene where right standing right between two people who are having like five minutes of dialogue and all you can see is the Pepsi machine your demolition man all the fast food wars Taco Bell one yeah, the, yeah <laughs> the, well the yeah demolition man has always struck me as a movie constructed to just sell product placement that's the whole thing that's the whole reason the goddamn movie exists <laughs> yeah sure the 80s man remember we had like the gummy bears had a cartoon <laughs> oh my god that's right your Rubik's, Rubik's cube had a cartoon oh, I'm like man Pac-Man fuck- and yeah, yeah. See, you canceled Thundar the Barbarian and fucking. Rubik's okay, yeah, that's gotta... that's still to this day. The fact that there wasn't more Thundar the Barbarian made still pisses me off. And see, see, that's why we should hang more, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you a hundred percent on that. But anyway, enough about Thundar. So, so yeah, so this cop happens to know a Asian exorcist. <laughs> Because <laughs> you, so you, you run into him every now and then, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know. Yeah, I mean, he just so he takes her to him, and like I said, it's the whole I can't do anything for you. Only a ninja can stop a ninja. Then here comes show. So I think they do another exorcism at. This is after she finally kills all the cops off, get, gets revenge. Then they do some sort of another like temple exorcism show like shows up at a temple and they're like a service in prod progress and he's like hey man um <laughs> let me i gotta exercise a ninja real quick <laughs> special k and they're like oh, okay and they leave and let him have it's just weird anyway well the weirdest part is they they force the spirit out of her body and into the ninja's dead body yeah exactly oh yes right he goes to the morgue yeah <laughs> it does like a three stooges bang your head together 
like move to take out the two morticians. He just tells them to come here, and they come here, and he just bangs their head together. Kind of, kind of has a Bruce Lee feel in that one because he kind of does the Bruce Lee face anyway. But yeah. <laughs> but then we have the uh, we have the final showdown between Show and the evil evil you know resurrected dead ninja. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah. So so he's fighting her, fighting him, and I think. I think he kind of dies because Special K. <laughs> I can't stop calling her Special K. She comes <laughs> up and stabs him, like, and then he digs into the ground. And the next thing you know, there's like an earthquake, still supernatural shit happening. And I think he kind of jump scares one last jump scare and tries to drag Show down to hell with him, I guess. <laughs> While the other people just stand there and watch, like Stalker Cop and Special K, are watching and they're not helping. <laughs> And then it's over, and then he dies, and he's like, "I think I think that's what Show says." It then it's over, <laughs> and then that's it. And you're like, "What the fuck did I just watch, man?" <laughs> the, 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 it's, the, it's, it's, it's it's completely nuts. The girl's room. A lot of shots are done in her room, and it's like totally '80s room. She does '80s shit, like she puts on some flash dance sound of music and just dances in her room for yeah, no she's reason. A, she's an aerobics instructor, so we got to get that yeah, exactly. '80s thing in. But it was something about '80s movies and girls just dancing alone, like like in Terminator. <laughs> yeah, when she's looking in the fridge and she's just dancing. So I've really, when I was younger, I thought girls did shit like that. <laughs> well, maybe they do, and they just won't yeah, it later us. evolved. It later evolved to three or more girls in a kitchen using microphone spoons. <laughs> later <laughs> movies. Yes, yes, yeah. or or yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. using spoons or spatulas. Yes. Yeah. Total chick flick stuff, but yeah. So Ninja Three, man. Yeah. I gotta say, out of the three films, I have rewatched. I, th- I think Enter the Ninja is the better movie, but it's the one I rewatched the least <laughs> <laughs> because the other two are just insane. Uh, I, I the there's more action. Yeah, more action. Like you said, it it was the first Ninja movie, man. They were figuring some shit out. <laughs> you know, what I mean? how, how do how do so we do the this? Movies. That was like the introduction, really. To ninjas to America, like I said, I li- there, there was. I a like shimmer- to think of the. I like to think of this can this canon trilogy of, of ninja movies as uh, the guy at the party trying to find a date. Uh, he starts off and he's he's trying to hold it together. He's trying to be a, a stand up citizen. He's trying to do things right and just be really kind of chill. But by the second movie, things are getting a little looser because he's he's had he's had too much to drink maybe he's he's starting to get a little loose and so he's starting to say and do things that are a little sloppy and by that third movie he just didn't give a fuck anymore it's like you know god damn it let's just throw everything into this where's a a little bit of break in a little bit of the exorcist and the ninja kicked in by the third movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean seriously it was just like man let's make a third movie well what do you want to do i don't know Exorcist? Yeah, Exorcist meets ninjas meets flash dance. <laughs> no deal. Imagine if they made a fourth one. It would be like meets uh, uh, astronauts on the way to the moon. What the hell's next? You know. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, from that, from there, the only place left to go is to space. It's space. It's like Jason X. At first, I thought Jason X was like a he was a black militant guy because that was the same time as. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't land up in Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake landed on us. <laughs> but seriously, folks. <laughs> but no, seriously, just... folks. These are the jokes. You should laugh. Yeah, these are the jokes. 
Oh my god! So tell me something. Which out of the out of those three ninja movies, which one's your favorite? Revenge is my favorite because because it's the first for all kinds of reasons. It's my favorite. Now, American Ninja was okay. I, we didn't really talk about that much, but it was okay. But it wasn't like yeah, Revenge of the Ninja was my favorite. Kind of like I said, it was kind of my first. And I remember convincing when I was in college, I was talking ninja movies with a guy, and we finally I talked about this. I talked it up so much because I hadn't seen it since I was young. So me and a friend of mine, we went and rented it. And man, he just joked on me. That I had no idea how bad it was because <laughs> you learned the hard I, way. I remembered it from how I remembered it when I was nine years old, and here I am, like nineteen, uh-huh. watching it, and I'm like, my God, what did I ever? <laughs> what did I ever what see did I see? in this? <laughs> yeah, so I was a little embarrassed because I was talking like, you know, this was around the time when like Reservoir Dogs and the stuff <laughs> was out. This guy's like, you got to see Reservoir Dogs, and I'm like, yeah, well, you got to see Revenge of the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I was y'all like, were on man, different wavelengths, man. That's what I'm saying, I'm like, you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> for different ways, but I bet you Tarantino's seen Revenge of the Ninja. Oh, he has. He he loves it. Yeah, I bet he has. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My favorite of the three is actually the the third one because I'm a horror movie nut and it's so insane. Horror movie. <laughs> I love them. It's like it's part. It's like it's got an Exorcist, man. It was scary. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, of course it's scary. But it's like it's 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 everything. It's everything to me in a lot of ways. Ninja Three: The Domination is one of the best examples of everything Canon did or tried to do, kind of shoved into one movie. You know what? You nailed it with that right there. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really fit together. It almost fits together. You know, because you got you've got you know the aerobics instructor, yeah. ding ding, who's also a dancer. Ding ding, who tur- who yeah. uh, who gets possessed by uh, gets possessed by a spirit? Ding ding, who happens to be a ninja? Ding ding ding, <laughs> it's like you are ninety nine percent compatible with Canon films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a DNA test or something. I'm picturing like this Frankenstein movie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where they're piecing it together yeah. in a lab. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he's trying to figure out how do we how do we make this thing walk around. Yeah. We'll take the crooked cops from First Blood. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll take extra. Yeah, man, I see it. I see it happening. Yeah. And I'm not judging you on that being your favorite because it's close second. I, I, understand. <laughs> I understand. Just just for just out of lore, <laughs> lore alone. <laughs> oh man, lord. You know, like me liking movies like this, this is probably why I'm single. <laughs> Actually, my ex-wife, it was one of the lists. On, my ex-wife left me made an actual list once. <laughs> was it in the divorce papers? Is that what it no, was? No, no, she decided to make a list of all the things, and this was it was one of them. Wait a minute, are you serious? <laughs> no shit. Oh, yeah, man. She I'm, made I'm, a list of the reasons you were getting a divorce. And it was just like a my taste for bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what you have to do is you have to. You have to things. That, that didn't hurt. I was like, hell yeah, that's right. Yeah, I still watch cartoons. So what? <laughs> so what? They're Adult Swim. It says adult right there. It says it on the screen. I guess it's made for me. The bad thing about watching Adult Swim is when you fall asleep and you wake up the next morning, you cut on your TV and like fucking 
Rescue Rangers or some shit is on, like some kid cartoon. You're like, who am I? <laughs> what has happened yeah. to me? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I love movies like this. I like. I, I I'm not a big blockbuster. I've seen the blockbusters. I grew up on the blockbusters, like everyone else has. But the older I get, the more I really don't like the what everyone else is seeing. I would rather watch a movie that's independent. People, tr- you know, people. <laughs> even though they may not be good, but it's somebody with a little bit of hunger in them. You know, it's a little more yeah. artsy. Not like good artsy, but it's their art, and they're you know they they set out said hey show we're gonna make a ninja movie and it's gonna star you, and it's gonna be bad fucking eighties ass, and that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of first time stunts like we were talking earlier about going through the windshield off a handstand. I think Jason Statham did that later in one of the, transporter. one of the transporter movies. Yeah. So, a lot of innovative stuff. <laughs> It's it's it, that's just it. I mean, yeah, there there we you can start out by simply saying these are not for everyone, but at the same time, if you have a taste for it, there, there's just you know you get the urge to rewatch it. There's just nothing else that's gonna that's gonna fit that bill, man. It's just not gonna. There's nothing else that's gonna taste right. No, no. When you're in the crave, you're craving some ninja stuff. <laughs> it's it's like when you want a Pringle, man. Nothing the else rest- will do. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Pringles, he just brought the mustache back up. I instantly went Franco Nero when you said Pringles because I thought, okay. You know, I didn't mention this earlier. So so Franco Nero shows up at his friend's house after he gets his ninja license because that's what you do. You go to your friends. Hey, (laughs) doll, (laughs) I got this ninja license. So, like, and there's a land dispute, and he stays there with him, and his friend opens up his home with him, and what does he do? He sleeps with his wife, man. Well, that's what you do. Where's your manners, Ninja? They, they ain't what you do. That's that's a bad guess, man. I get it. The mustache, you know, probably. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing, especially then and even to this day. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of women that you just put in the room with Franco Nero, and you know, well, it's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, you know, most guys are going. They're not gonna turn down a free, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might. They won't. I might lightly jog away from it, but not really run from They it, might so. go, we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like at his house and all, but you know, I'm kicking <laughs> ass right now. He couldn't kick it. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he needs his friend to show up. They're, they're, they're like war buddies, and I think like he might have saved <laughs> his life at one point. And now he's like an alcoholic, so he comes and he's losing a land dispute. So he comes and like, Settles that, then sleeps. I mean, see, he's totally alpha male in him, right? <laughs> so kinda, I, I've come here. I've solved totally. your problem. I solved, <laughs> yeah. your, I solved your land and economic problem. I slept with your wife. The fact that you exist is just you're in my way, okay? Aren't you glad you saved me back in wherever it was? <laughs> yeah, really. Grande. What, what, <laughs> <Macho Grande. laughs> okay, Brian, Brian, I got to say. <laughs> this is about as fun as I expected it to be, which is pretty damn fun. Thanks, man. I've had a blast, man. We've been talking a lot longer than I thought it was. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking, am I going to be able to talk for an hour? But obviously so, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> obviously for well, well longer than that. <laughs> yeah, this has been great. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who's listening. And yeah, <laughs> like I said, I'm no expert. I'm just a dude that watches movies, but I watch some good ones and some bad ones. And, <laughs> and, and, this, and this is both 
this is your thing, by all means, check out the Ninja Trilogy. It's worth it's worth doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you, Rod. Hi, I'm Ben from the Diecast Movie Review Podcast, which is done by myself, my sister, and my father, where the genre of the movie is decided by the cast of a die. The categories are horror, drama, comedy, action, sci-fi and fantasy, animation, and musical. Also, on occasion, we'll have a special episode dedicated to conversations with creators, directors, actors involved in the production of movies. Join us and see what movie we pick next. Once again, thank my friend Brian Smith for coming on the show and talking about uh, the canon ninja films from the 80s. Truly a time that we will never return to for either good or ill. Take your pick on where you fall on that particular scale. Uh, once again, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, the email address is thebloodypit at gmail.com we'd love to hear what you have to say about uh, not just ninja films but anything else that we cover here on the show want to uh, thank you for listening and uh, oh, oh also there's the uh, the facebook page don't forget the facebook page you can leave us a message over there as well where you're fairly responsive and uh, to close out the show we have a song from uh one of brian's uh musical projects the uh daddy bones which is uh, a comedic rap thing that he's been doing for years and that I've always found very funny. The uh, Zombie Apocalypse uh, song is still one of my all-time favorites from about four years ago, Uh, but he's included a very uh, ninja-specific tune for your listening pleasure to end the show. So enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Yeah! For my ninjas All of my real ninjas You see me stepping out the shadows in a ninja suit and tabby boots Who the ninja stabbing you? A ninja with an attitude See me climbing up the walls with the help of climbing claws They just be like, oh no, poison duff for all y'all Ever since the age of four, chopping bricks, breaking boards Every ninja know I got skills that shouldn't be ignored Train for one purpose and to send the ninjas to the morgue Never leave the house without my nunchucks and my ninja sword All the ladies ask, who that ninja in that ninja mask? Word them got around about the way I work a ninja staff Ninjas getting jealous, but the ninjas, they don't know to have Such a badass look, ninjas want my autograph Samurai's be tripping, man, they wanna see a ninja broke Cut them with my comma, then I disappear in ninja smoke Got away with these, with my stealth abilities Do you think they'll ever catch me? Chicken, chicken, ninja, please Y'all some amateur ninjas trying to step to a pro Cause y'all ninjas ain't killers, y'all ninjas some hoes, come on Don't mess with my ninjas And why is that? But we some real ass ninjas We say strapper throwing stuff Stars, boys and arrows and bows. Y'all ninjas ain't killers. Y'all ninjas some hoes. Come on. You wanna 
none of my ninjas. If why is that? With some real ass ninjas. Pouring out some sake, reminiscing about my ninja jack. Ninjas caught him slipping, died a victim of a sneak attack. It's a simple fact, some ninjas don't know how to act. Calling up my ninjas, man, it's time to get these ninjas back. Found out where the ninjas are, barbecuing at the park. Loading up my blowgun and I wait around until it's dark. Jumped about the butchers and I filled them ninjas full of darts. Two are running for their car, hit them with some throwing stars. Every member of the clan dying from my deadly hands. A couple of them turned and ran, heading towards a black sedan. Then my ninjas rolled up, had the ninjas sold up. Left them with their throat cut, I'm glad you ninjas showed up. Someone must have called the cops, jumped out with their pistols cocked. Pointing at my ninjas, guess the drama never stops. Disappeared into the trees with invisibilities. Will I ever go to jail? Chicken, chicken, ninja, please. Y'all some amateur ninjas trying to step to a pro. Cause y'all ninjas ain't killers, y'all ninjas some hoes. Come on. Don't mess with my ninjas. And why is that? But we some real ass ninjas. We say strapper throwing stars, poison arrows, and bows. Y'all ninjas ain't killers, y'all ninjas some hoes. Come on. You want none of my ninjas. And why is that? But we some real ass ninjas. Y'all some amateur ninjas trying to step to a pro. Cause y'all ninjas ain't killers, y'all ninjas some hoes. Come on. Don't mess with my ninjas. And why is that? But we some real ass ninjas. We say strapper throwing stars, poison arrows, and bows. Y'all ninjas ain't killers, y'all ninjas some hoes. Come on. You want none of my ninjas. And why is that? But we some real ass ninjas. It's plain to see. You can't change me. Cause I'ma be a ninja for life. It's plain to see. You can't change me. Cause I'ma be a ninja for life. And this is strictly for my, strictly for my, strictly for my ninjas. Strictly for my, strictly for my, strictly for my ninjas. Man, y'all ninjas crazy.